we're still pretty DIY at yeah. this stage. Yeah. It's like, I think part of it too is that we, we took a long break mm. to figure out what was going on with this record that's coming out in June. And then I think we took a, a big break from playing shows. So it's kind of like getting back out there and getting like people forgot about us a little bit. <laughs> is it a situation where you're like just keeping your powder dry, like waiting for this this record to come out? What's the game plan around the release? Uh, once the record comes out, we're doing like a full US tour. But but yeah, for right now, we're just kind of playing local shows and a few out of town gigs like this. We're playing a show tomorrow night and then Saturday in Richmond and then a lot of local stuff until the record comes out. Does the magnitude of this record feel different than once in the past? I think so, but just more on like a personal level, I just feel like it's, I'd been working on it for a long time, actually, just kind of waiting for, things always come together, it always takes longer than you want it to, you yeah. know, so when I was shopping around to a few labels and stuff, so that, you know, just takes a little bit more time, so some of the songs are, for to me, they feel like old, you know, but I, so it's like a... It's been so long working on them. It's been like three years or something. So It's a culmination of stuff that you've been working on since before previous releases. Is that right? Or has it been about three years since the last release? Three years since the last release. There was some when that one also was like kind of a long time yeah. coming. So it's like I've been I've had some of those these songs on this record from before that one came out. But some of them are newer. But it's like I think I just was. I feel, you know, I think at, with every new record, you're like, this is like the one that's, you know, it always well, feels you hope like, so. yeah, that's best case scenario. You know, like I, I have this conversation with a lot of people who've been in, you know, bands that have been releasing records for like 15, 20 years. And then they're just sort of like, oh, that upwards momentum is kind of slowed down and maybe it's time to reassess the situation. You're probably on the right path if it, feel, if it feels like things are continually getting larger as you keep going. I hope so. I try not to think about it too much, sure. to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, I try to just be like, oh, well, just making music and not worried about where it goes. But, you know, of course, want it to be successful, but I don't know. It's not the most... I try to, to try not to, like think about that too much because i think it gets in the way of your creative process sometimes if you you start making music for everyone else this is sort of the big problem of like 2019 right you know especially when you're in this sort of i don't know if limbo is is the right word but in a state where you know you're not working with booking people so you have to work on the booking side of things so like Mm -hmm. you do actually Mm -hmm. you know you, you have to wear several hats or you have to be creative working on that side of things but also kind of be pragmatic when it comes to things like promotion yeah which is that that's all all of that is the hard part for me yeah the other the create creative (laughs) stuff comes easier i mean you must be getting a little bit more savvy as you're going along i guess so in some ways it's some ways i feel less savvy because i you know i've been i've been doing this for a long time i'm 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 in my mid-30s now and you know, it's, you just start to feel like, am I just out of touch? Like, I yeah. don't know. I don't know people who like book shows anymore. You know, it starts to like the the whole like network of DIY stuff. I almost am like, I feel less and less uh, related to that in some ways. But in some ways, I also sure. feel like, oh, I know what I'm doing a little more. So it's like, it's a give and take there. I relate to that on the other side of things. How much of it is just personal and getting older and how much of it is the fact that like everything is in fact shifting pretty dramatically all at the same time. Yeah, it is hard to tell. I think it's both. 
<laughs> I saw you guys live, however, God, that must have been like more than a year ago at this point. Yeah, I think so. And I was like, oh, I don't really go out and see shows and, and opening bands as much as I used to. Like, mm-hmm. I need to file this one away because this is one that's like, that's pretty interesting and I would like to talk to them. It's that thing of like, oh no, I can feel myself getting older. Yeah, and yeah, I exactly. Myself, like, when I didn't notice my priorities were changing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> the language around the band as far as as far as it being kind of a proper band versus a, a your own project. I mean, mm. you said you said that this this record in a sense felt more personal. Yeah. I I think that there there was so it's always been a, a solo project yeah. at heart, but I guess right before we played that show that you were at at Bowery Ballroom, our drummer quit the band and we kind of like we kind of shifted things a bit and I it was like a good opportunity for me to be like, well, I kind of do want things to not just be tied down to this one. We had been a three piece for mm-hmm. so long and I just didn't want to really like tie myself to that. And I wanted to do more solo shows and things things like that and kind of be able to more to experiment with the sound a little more on a to have more control over what was going on, I guess. And so that was like a good opportunity to kind of do things a little differently. So when we recorded the record, we didn't have like a a band lineup. And I was just going into the studio. And my partner, Chester, was was in the band before, and he's still in the band. And he mixed the record and everything. So when I was going into the studio, we were just sort of like, what's best for this song? What you know, we figured out the instrumentation for the record, and then now the band is kind of like coming later. So, so now it's a four-piece band. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of, and sometimes I'll play by myself, or sometimes I'll play with just one other person, and it's kind of can be more fluid. And I, I like that because I think the songs don't necessarily. When you strip some sure. things away, you can focus more on the lyrics or the vocals, or rather than the full band where you're fixated on other things and so it's it's a nice way to like get a bit of both you're speaking specifically about the the record that's coming up in a, yeah, in a few yeah. Months. there's really no way that the record could have existed in the form that it did if you hadn't afforded yourself those freedoms maybe so yeah because before we we were a three-piece band the keyboard player chester he was playing keys as a bass and then drums me on guitar and vocals and and now that we've kind of opened it up we have a bass player we have chester plays a little bit of guitar and it's it's been really nice because you you kind of i'm realizing that we were really stuck on this one thing for a while and it was a little bit limiting so once you open that up i mean do do you feel like you you need to push yourself now that you've got that kind of that newfound freedom to take the band in different directions because there are no strict parameters? The one thing that's changed for me is that it takes a lot of the pressure off of me to be the guitarist and the singer. It's hard to to do both well when you're doing Mm -hmm. everything, you know? In a way, I'm holding it down in the rhythm section, but I'm also doing the leads and I'm also trying to sing really well. It helped me to like have, you know, they're kind of holding it down. So I don't have to do all of that all the time. And I can lay back and I can not be the lead guitar on every song. Mm -hmm. And I can, my singing is 
I can focus on that a little more. So I'm not spread as thin, which is nice. Do you feel, though, that the touring band that, that's being put together to support this record, that that's going to be kind of the the band going forward? Or are you still giving yourself that opportunity to continue to do solo shows? Yeah, I, I'm still doing I'm doing a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah and I think um, I think once we do, we're going to do a big tour, long tour when the record comes out. And then after that, I'll probably do more touring just by myself, mm-hmm. just because it's, it's, it's fun. It's really different experience for people that I think is equally important. And yeah. And then who knows what I'll do for the next sure. thing too. So it's trying not to like sure. stay to, to married four, to one four thing, or five albums you know? ahead. The name of the band then predated that core three person configuration. Yeah. It did. I started it in, well, before I moved to Baltimore, I lived in Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. and I started it in about like 2011 as just a solo project, um, which I also had some people playing with me occasionally, but it was more of like a bedroom project for a while. How did you end up settling on a band name versus just you know calling it your own name? I had done some solo material before I was in a band. It was a band called Witches, which is a very scrappy kind of like 90s grungy mm. indie rock band uh, in while I was living in Athens. And then that really kind of changed the way I wrote things because I had never been in a band like that before. I'd never fronted a band like that before. So I felt like when I was returning to solo music, I just kind of had a different it didn't feel like the same thing I had been doing before yeah. or something. It felt like it was like, should be markedly different. It was sort of I, your way of telling the world that this is a, a new yeah, thing. Yeah, I just wanted to like kind of start fresh with with it, I guess. Was it a good place to get started? I think so. And it's a place that affords you a lot of time and space to yeah. work on music. You know, it's a it's pretty easy living down there. So, um so it does let, it is a good place to be creatively plus there's a a, a really strong musical community mm-hmm. so so yeah it was it was good in that respect i'm actually from upstate new york so okay. like living in the south was probably the thing that i now that i'm back on the northeast coast yeah. i'm like oh yeah these are more my people you, you know you there's feel, just a different way like of life down there here? it's just a different pace of life i don't know the attitudes are different it's just... I kind of did the opposite, so I moved from Northern California to New York City. Uh-huh. You notice it in subtle ways of going to the grocery store, and you're like, oh, people aren't just, like, automatically nice to you at the grocery yeah. store. Yeah, Or they're, like, yelling at you and having their own conversations. The person checking you out is on their cell phone. Yeah, and yeah, there's, yeah. And there's that sort of adjustment. But, you know, the South is... Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've been to Athens for, you know, granted, just, like, day-long stretches, but it definitely seems to hold to a lot of the kind of stereotypes of just people being incredibly friendly down there. Yeah. Incredibly friendly, but they all, but sometimes you get that thing that's like uh, friendly, but you're but yeah. you're like, you know that person's being really condescending yeah. underneath it all. And just, Passive aggressive, yes, I think is yes, maybe the word yes, that you're looking right, for. Exactly. And you never felt quite at home there because of that kind of different pace of life? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, it's also a very slow it's easy to like it's it would be easy to it's easy to just kind of get lost in it a little bit but i think baltimore is a nice happy medium between like it's it's still a little bit 
toward the south. So people are actually quite friendly, uh-huh. but it's like a more, they're still like, it's a city. They're getting things done. They're yeah. doing things. It's a really interesting city. And, you know, in terms of like almost like street by street, there's yeah. like a lot of cool and um, coming places. And then, you know, you go like a few streets in the other direction and you're like, oh, this is the wire <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it really is like that. I, I mean, I do love it there though. Great people. What brought you there specifically? Actually, my partner, Chester, he uh, he was living there. There's like a – we went to SUNY Purchase together. Mm-hmm. We were both music students there. And a lot of a lot of people from SUNY Purchase, like our generation there, moved to Baltimore after, after college to kind of like start something there. And it really – like Dan Deacon moved there yeah, and yeah. he like kind of so like started this rents. thing. And, Low yeah, rent prices. Exactly. It was like a That's interesting. conscious decision, yeah. I think, to like for that people made to like a, to not go the moving to New York route. Yeah, Chester moved there, and I ended up in Athens. But then we started dating, and I I had been kind of thinking about moving back up here, either to Philadelphia or New York or something. Then I just ended up in Baltimore instead, and I I I really like it. It's a great city. Is it good musically? Yeah, there's a great music scene and a very unique music scene. And because it's a smaller city, one thing I notice about New York sometimes is that there's a there's every there's a niche for everyone here. So it's easy, I think, to stay in your mm-hmm. little your thing world. of like exactly what you like. But in a smaller city, there's a blending that happens because there's less there's less bands. There's you know, and then everybody gets kind of influenced by each other. So it creates this really unique music scene where there's a lot of different things going on that you might and they could all happen at the same night on the same bill you know and it's i like that because i don't i have a lot i like different kinds of music you know (laughs) we have more opportunity to listen to more things and to be immersed in more things from the standpoint of just like us all having internet access and spotify and being Mm -hmm. able to put things on shuffle but it's a different experience when you're actually engaging with those people directly and you feel like that's had a a marked impact on the music that you make? I think a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I really I, I really don't know. I mean, I would assume so. I don't know if I see it. I, sometimes I feel like we're the most uh, normal band <laughs> in Baltimore because there is a really, like, unique music scene. And I would say mostly not guitar-driven uh, indie rock music. But... You know, maybe, maybe I am, maybe some of that's rubbing off on me a little bit. I don't know. I really don't know, but I, I enjoy it. I think it's like a nice, either way, I like, I like that, that, that the music scene is that way, whether or not I, I don't know if my music is, has changed since I moved there that much, but, but maybe it has. I don't know. It's hard to, critique what what you've been doing for the past five do you feel like being in a relationship with another band member has had a impact on the songwriting i mean are there like i've got to imagine there are lines that maybe you feel like you you can't cross or things you can't talk about or is there just sort of an understanding that when you date a creative person that you're going to that your relationship is going to be sort of fodder for art i think there's probably an understanding although i i guess this let i mean i don't tend to write about our relationship yeah. much. I guess this last record has something to do with it in a vague way, but like I don't I'm not really one for like super super specific 
lyrics, yeah. you know? <laughs> so his name's never going to be sure. in the song. <laughs> you're in the studio, you're playing on the song on stage, and there's like, there's maybe an understanding that you've... Maybe. That <laughs> I don't... Yeah, we don't really... I don't, I don't think... Because Chester's also a musician. He has his own project. Yeah. And I don't think that... If we know that he each other is writing songs about our relationship mm-hmm. in some way or specific events or something we don't really talk about it it's just like you yeah. gotta respect that i tended to not date writers because like I'm, I'm like a i'm a weirdly competitive person and i just mm. wonder like how that would play out professionally i feel like if anything i i'm the one that's more competitive than chester but but yeah i feel like i maybe it used to be like he he's kind of he doesn't play his own music that often anymore. Yeah. Like he makes it at home, but he doesn't play shows really these days. But as he's getting into more different worlds in the audio field. But um, so, yeah, there's not as much to be competitive about. It is hard sometimes for sure. Like it's hard on many levels, but also Chester is really helpful. And it, on some on some levels, it's like the best thing in the world, yeah. you know, because you get to share something yeah. that you love to do with someone that you love you know so and that's really great but it is it it can be hard too because you know there's just like so much it's hard not to like bicker you know you wouldn't bicker with a bandmate the way you bicker with like your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever you know yeah so it's like you just gotta you know it's it's can be hard sometimes to like remember that that like to think of it as a separate thing from your relationship that's the hardest part is like just being like, this is not, you know, try not to think of this as our relationship. This is a band, you know. <laughs> it's good to have a certain amount of distance from something in order to write about it. It's it's hard to have perspective on something when you're when things are going really well and you're in, in yeah. the middle of it. You know, it's not necessarily totally. fodder for music in the same way. Right, right. Yeah, what do you, yeah, cuz what are you going to write a song about how you had like a nice brunch <laughs> yeah. with somebody? <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> like, about not a fine. great song. Everything's <laughs> just fine. Uh so you studied music as well. I mean, was that what the plan was to be professional yeah, musician? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I've always like been interested in writing music since I was like a little yeah. a, a wee child. I went to SUNY Purchase for studio composition, which is mm. basically songwriting. I guess I didn't have to pick like a specific instrument focus or anything. It was just like commercial could be like commercial songwriting. It could be like whatever kind of was whatever you made it to be. The the hope Um, was like by the time I'm done with this, I'll have figured out. I don't think I thought about it as like a means to an end. I just was like, I want to go to school for music. And that's what I did. And I didn't I was too stupid at the time to think like, Oh, wow. I'm spending a lot of money on this degree that's like not necessarily going to pay off, you know, because I'm not really interested in like the, the, you know, I'm not like a, I'm, I never like felt compelled to be, uh, in the lucrative music field, you know, like I'm not like writing songs for other people. I'm not writing scores or, you know, things like that. So. It's just not a thing I have that much interest in doing. But you were in bands? You were playing music prior to that? I was playing solo music, but I wasn't really in... I haven't been in a lot of bands. Like, I've only been in, like, two. But other than my own projects. But, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it was a good experience, I think, more for like the people I met there, you know. You don't feel like there are any necessarily skills that you got that that have been I think so, but know? they were it was more just like being given the opportunity to have access to a lot of materials and and time to just work on stuff creatively rather than like the that's the biggest thing I got out of it was like, you know, practice rooms like, oh, yeah. I'm going to teach myself how to play the piano because I can and things like that. And like using the studio, all of that. It's like the Athens thing. Granted, like at least theoretically, there are perhaps more opportunities to play live in New York because there are so many venues. Mm-hmm. It's a situation where you feel like you've got to work 12 hours a day in order to live here. And that just doesn't really leave you a lot of spare time to actually pursue something seriously. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But on the upside, there's like more, it's like trade-off because like, you know, a place like Athens, it's a little harder to get anywhere with your music because in New York, you know, there's more opportunities for things to happen. But as far as like networking and all of that. From my standpoint, I definitely feel like if if I hadn't had some success as, as a writer by the time I was in my earlier mid-20s here, I, I don't know if it's something that I felt like I would have con- been able to continue to to pursue beyond that. Yeah. Like at a certain point in your life, you're like, it's that idea of like of things going in a in continued upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, you're like, well, you know, maybe, um, maybe I'm not particularly good at this. Well, I mean, I have those struggles all sure. the time. I, I think a lot of this last record is kind of about that because I, I feel like yeah, at a certain point you're like, well, well, I don't really, you know, can I can I keep doing this and for how long am mm-hmm. I willing to? Because it is a sacrifice. I sacrifice a huge amount of my life to this thing that I don't get financial gain from, you know, mm-hmm. which is and it's kind of just like I I had been thinking about that a lot and just wondering, well, what's the point? Is the point for financial gain or is the point because, you know, is it for something else entirely? And, you know, ultimately, I I just feel really compelled to keep doing it. I can't worry too much about what happens with it as far as, like, success. Because I think there are a ton of great musicians who never will ever get the kind of success that a lot you know it's just it's it's sometimes it's just based on nothing sometimes so but i'm so glad that those people still make music you Mm -hmm. know so it's just you know if i as long as it's making me happy i want to keep doing it do you feel like you have a better perspective on that like having having worked through this record and having kind of grappled with the idea do you feel like you know what the point is i i feel a little bit more just relaxed about it although i still do get stressed about it sometimes but I used to get more stressed out about things. I just used to stress myself out about very minor things, but just with because I was feeling like, oh, this is it, just making every every little thing so important. And now I'm just kind of like, let's just have a good time, yeah. you know, like so you're trying you've, to get to that. But you've gotten better at that, like mostly Definitely, that you feel like yeah. a majority of the time at least yeah, that you're enjoying yourself. Because now I can look back and be like, well. I didn't really get to enjoy that because Mm -hmm. I was so stressed, you know? And so what's the point if getting more joy out of it is going to make things better in the long run and 
I think. Is there something in particular, and, and I suspect this is changing to some degree, again, as a band's kind of like shifting and going into this record, your whole notion of the band and the lineup, all these other things have changed. But is there something in particular that you really derive the most enjoyment out of? I think the most enjoyment for me comes at, from the writing process mm -hmm. when I'm just sitting by myself yeah. with a guitar or whatever, just because it's so, it's really cathartic for me, so it yeah. feels really good in that sense. Um, so you are working through some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. It, it might I not do always tend be like... to look at music from a more like emotional standpoint yeah. than anything else. Um, but, but I am lately, because I've made a conscious effort to get to the point where I'm, I have had some moments in the last two years where I can get really into the live mm -hmm. performance in a way that was always hard for me before, just uh, through like daily meditation or something. Is it that anxiety? Yeah, I have anxiety yeah. basically. Yeah. And so I just uh, try to chill out and sometimes it works and you're just able to like ride the moment a little more rather than like rushing ahead and then it's all a blur. Did it feel like the performing live was kind of more of a means to an end, like something that allowed, afforded you the ability to like continue being a musician, a songwriter? I never wanted it to be a means to an end. And I definitely have fun playing music. But at the same time, you know, in today's world, like uh, most of the shows we play are like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes after the show, I'm like, what? I don't even, what happened? It was like, it felt, it feels like it just was like a blip in time but i'd like to ride the wave a little longer and like you know have i don't know we just played a show saturday i felt like really it was awesome okay it was like i i was in the zone yeah. <laughs> but i always want to be in the zone you know but i it's hard you've started a meditation practice and you find that that helpful in terms yeah, of like yeah i did the whole like headspace yeah. thing for a little while and now i'm I'm doing like a mixture of just like meditating by myself and a few guided meditations that I like from this woman, Tara Brock. That's really awesome. But yeah, it's nothing, nothing major. I'm not like super Zen or anything, but I'm just doing hopefully 20 minutes a day if I can make it work. It's pretty but good. It, it really, it's worked. It works wonders. I've done Headspace and Calm, I think, is probably the most recent one I've tried. It seems like best case scenario on all of those is that it gets you in the rhythm of doing it, but you have to sort of like set out on your own and figure yeah. out how to make it work for yourself. Yeah, I do get – every once in a while, life gets hectic and mm -hmm. then you stop doing it and you real I, I really start to feel the like the difference and I'm like, oh, shit, like I'm getting stressed out. And then it's – the hard thing is that at that that point it's harder to do to get back into the rhythm of doing it again yeah. so that's easy to like fall off the wagon for a couple weeks but but it's still like I feel like once you get in the habit for long enough you have the tools to it's a little bit easier yeah. to get back into it. Once you have started at all, then you can get back into it's it. It's like going to the point. gym. It, it yeah, really is. Totally. Right? I mean, you have to like set aside a specific yep. time during the day and do it every single day or else you're basically back to zero in a way. Yeah. And I feel like headspace is a good way to start. But I did start to get really annoyed with the yeah. – like I started to be like, shut up. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. hear this guy's voice anymore. I think they're all designed to have you wean yourself, wean yourself off, off of it. Yeah. Do you find that it's been useful for the creative process as well? Yeah, it has. 
a lot of the the album that's coming out um in June is about is something to do with meditating in a pretty vague way, but like it was good for me to get back into that be, in to get into it at all because I I used to be a runner, but I I have an ankle injury so I don't run anymore, but running was like would also get you to that space of like meditation. I didn't really realize it at the time, but because it's like this repetitive motion, your brain can just kind of like go off into, I don't know, it was very like meditative. And it. I think that's the thing I liked the most about it was the break it gave. Like it gave me some mental clarity. Yeah. So it's nice to have this something else in my life that's like giving me that again, you know. Did it take a while for it to dawn on you once you stopped running that you were missing that? aspect in your life it didn't take me a long time to figure out that i was missing it but it took me a long time to figure out why i was missing yeah. it you know or how to replace it yeah yeah because it's because you know it's hard to replace it with there's not there's not a lot else that you know i tried swimming it's not the same <laughs> do you feel that when it comes to writing songs that you need to have a similarly strict practice as far as giving yourself a certain amount of time during the day or the week to set that aside? Would prefer to do it that way. Yeah, I prefer to try to have a strict practice, although lately I haven't been writing much, but I try to always have something in the works because even if it's even if it's nothing, it's like it's like practice kind yeah. of or or it's like a little nugget of an idea and I'll voice memo. And then come back to, and I won't like it at the time. And then like three months later when I'm like, ah, not, nothing's working. And like dig through my voice memos and then find something that I didn't like and then realize that I kind of like it and then work it out or something. So I'll try to always have some irons in the fire. Especially when it's something that you're doing, you know, mostly as a passion project when it's like, mm -hmm. you know, not something that's necessarily paying your rent you want to maintain that really romantic element of it you know you want to maintain that sort of initial passion that you had but on the flip side in order to really kind of keep it going in earnest like you do have to treat it like work yeah a little bit it's yeah you got to find a balance there because you don't want it to be too much like work but yeah so I try to just like spend some time even if it's just like noodling not really like trying too hard but the the thing that i find helps me more these days is just finding a little bit of time to write words like forgetting about the music a little bit because sometimes the music part is a little easier comes a little easier to me than the lyrics and i think i used to do both at the very same time and i think lately it's working better for me to just sit write a bunch of stuff stream of consciousness and then save it and then pull that out when I'm like sitting in front of the guitar so I have something you know like trying to switch up my my routine with writing a little bit to keep yourself continually interested in the process yeah yeah and I think the the old way doesn't work for me as well anymore Is, was that the process for this record that the words generally becoming some of, of some of it yeah yeah some of it i try to just keep i have a bunch of just random random things on my on my computer like files of just like poems or whatever just things i've written 
yeah, kind of using that as like a framework for a new song and then then going in and like changing things around and figuring out even what it's about sometimes. Or... It's interesting to write down words and like not have the pressure of feeling like these all these necessarily need to be songs. Do you feel that any of them can or have or, you know, will kind of live outside of that? I mean, are you interested in poetry devoid of music? You know, I've always kind of wondered if I would do something like that, but I, I, I'm not sure. I might at some point, but I don't think... Right. It's not something I'm really interested yeah. in at the moment. I, lately, I I tend to like to just kind of write whatever I'm thinking without overthinking what it is I'm writing and then picking out a few phrases that I like and then kind of like basing something off of that rather than... Because sitting down and trying to... I've never been good at writing like, I want to write a song about this yeah. and then doing it like it's really hard for me to step outside my own brain or something like I'm not good at writing from different characters perspectives or things you know yeah some people are good at that but I don't I'm not sure it's for me when time came to start recording this album everything was pretty far fleshed out on your end yeah I demoed I demoed the album by myself on like garage mm-hmm. band at home so a lot of it was like I knew exactly what I was going to do going into the studio, which was cool, actually. Like, I hadn't done that before. It was more, what, more collaborative in the past? Yeah, I feel like I, with this record, I had more of a hand in the production of it because I had already written a lot of the parts and and I knew how, I knew what the vibe was. Because I spent a little bit more time than I usually do writing in, writing while recording mm. in like while recording demos, which mm-hmm. I'm usually pretty old school about that. Like until very recently, I didn't even like, like I'd mostly like just paper and pen, guitar, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It has its uh, drawbacks too, but because sometimes you, when you demo something, you really get that in your head. Like it has to be that way. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of the. F- and then so re- recreating that, it's hard to get what you did the first time again, like the magic mm-hmm. of that first time, because the more you the more you times you do it, the more refined it gets and le- more calculated it gets and it loses a little bit of the magic. But in some ways, it's really great because you're, you know, you're in the studio. You don't want to be wasting time either. It could last forever. Yeah. You know, you could. Never stop. In Creative Rain, they call it Kill Your Darlings, which is the idea of like not being too precious and not being too attached to any specific idea. Yeah. That's something that you have to be more open to in a more collaborative setting. And, you know, if it's more of kind of like a a democratic band setting, but it, it sounds like that's something that you, at least for this album, have kind of moved away from. Yeah. I mean, we've, it's always kind of been the, like, I, I bring a song in and yeah. then I'm like, do this, do that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I like to have, I, I like to have control over what I like to have the final say, which is, I guess, what makes it my project, <laughs> but in less of a collaborative thing. But, but it is helpful sometimes, like, to have another person that's like, I don't like that. As hard as it is mm-hmm. to hear, it is a good thing because it's, you get really attached to like every little detail that's 
And you need that second opinion of like, no, we don't need all of this. We don't need a vocal harmony on this thing. Like it's overkill. I've always felt in my own life that the best relationships and the best friendships that you can have are the ones with people who are able to call you out on your bullshit, but know how to do it. They know you well enough to know how to do it. Yeah. And that's probably pretty similar, I think, to being in a band or working with a producer, like somebody who you need somebody from outside of your head to help you with the project a little bit, but they need to be able to do it in kind of a tactful way. Yeah, totally. A good producer or engineer is like what makes them the best is when they can like talk to you in a way that doesn't like bring out your anxieties and insecurities and what's your current relationship with the songs right now i mean you're kind of in in that interesting place where you know the album's been recorded i assume for a little while at this point it's coming Mm -hmm. out in a couple months you're doing shows here and there what's that process been like as far as you know getting that band together and putting the tour together it's been really good it's been really good yeah we've been working together um as a four-piece sense about uh, maybe this fall, mm. something like that. And so it's not super new to me. So it's not like we're just, it's not all coming together super quick or yeah. anything. It's We've been working on it for a while. Yeah, it's been really good. It's been really good. I feel like we're getting some, it's funny, some of the songs like I haven't played, like we haven't played with a band yet. So we're learning a few mm. things because I recorded things kind of piecemeal. So it's like some of the songs I'm like, I don't I don't even know how to play yeah. this because <laughs> I haven't really played them for anyone except for on the recording, you know. It sounds like you, you didn't specifically have the idea of playing these live in mind when you're in the studio. So in, not not really. They hadn't been yeah. played live before. So, so yeah. you have to kind of reinvent them in a certain way in order to pull it off live for some of these. Yeah, somewhat, somewhat. Yeah. But but yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, I'm also writing a bunch of new material too. So, is the new material similar to where you're at with this album right now? Or are you going in a? Entire- I think it'll be in a, a in a pretty different direction. I mean, I it's not going to be like that different, mm-hmm. but I think it'll be a little more mellow. Um, maybe not a full band thing. Yeah, it's a tough thing about the album release schedule of like by the time it's finally here, like you've in you're a way like, kind of I'm moved on to it. the next yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, now it's like the busy time when stuff's happening with the album, but for a while it was just sitting there and it was like, oh, I guess I'll write a bunch of new songs because <laughs> nothing else is going on. So once the tour is over, maybe I'll start recording some new stuff. This is getting back to mindfulness again. You have to juggle that. You have to be writing songs, but also like you have to be enjoying the, the tour and the album release and all these other things right, that are happening. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, the next album's going to come out and you'll have, again, like blinked and completely missed the entire thing. Right, right. At least I I feel more in the the headspace of like being able to enjoy enjoy it a little more than I have in the past, which is good. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It'll be fun. I love touring too, so it's like I like moving around from place to place in a car. It's great. 
There you go. That was Carabas Satellino of the Baltimore-based Outer Spaces. I've been wanting to have them on the show for uh, a while now since I saw them open for Clap Your Hands Say Yeah back when they were on the podcast. Glad we were able to finally make this work. They've got a new album coming out in June called Gazing Globe. That's out on Western Vinyl. Thanks so much to Kara for taking the time to do this. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, there are a number of ways to support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or on Spotify and YouTube now. If you have any feedback, it's rylcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to get all of your RIYL-related information. You can like us on Facebook. That's about all I got for plugs this week. So stick around because we're going to be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL.